I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2 and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Welcome back, everybody. Ah, ah, ah. Chocula, is that you? <laughs> yes, try my delicious chocolatey cereal that will turn your teeth to points. Ah, ah, <laughs> <laughs> welcome back to the show, everyone. We're so excited to have you. I'm Eli. I'm Diana. And welcome to another Recryptulous Romance, Ooh. our spooky Halloween series about terrifying lovers it's so tough with halloween because every all holidays want to be in like alliteration and poem poem Mm -hmm. like that's how every holiday descriptions feels like it has to be Mm -hmm. yeah or spooktacular spooktacular is like everywhere or like a boo ball or whatever like it's always the same (laughs) (laughs) spooktacular is big this year i know i've seen it a lot recently spooktacular really Really been out with the spooktaculars. Poor event planners are tired, <laughs> so just let them have this one. I hope you're taking that spooktacular spirit and getting into the mood for Halloween. It's coming up very close, mm-hmm. very exciting time. The weather's Love right. Halloween. Oh yeah. The, the the decorations are coming out. Oh yeah. We got some cool ones this year. Mm-hmm. 
Also go look on it on my Instagram because the pumpkins we got this year, we haven't carved them yet because no. I want them to last. But the stems on these pumpkins are <laughs> just, I mean, straight out of out of a Tim Burton movie. Come nice on. and twisty and kind of cool looking. They're not like all chopped off no. stumps. No, they left these ones on mm-hmm. and they look hot. Yes, they're very much adding to the vibes around here. Mm-hmm. Speaking of vibes, we've got some chilling ones today. Oh my God, this story is insane. So creepy. Be warned. Today's terrible tale speaks of some of the most horrible, wretched creatures ever known in this world or the beyond. Bloodthirsty, violent, soulless monsters who wreak havoc on the innocent for their own nefarious gains. That's right, this episode is about... Nazis. But mostly vampires. We're talking mostly about vampires who happened to also kind of be Nazis. Right, right. (laughs) These two Satanists took their obsession with the occult to the extreme, leading them down a dark and dreadful path that could only end in murder. So let's hear it. Let's. Go! Hey there, friends. Come listen well. Eli and Diana say you're welcome to hell. There's no matchmaking or romantic tips. It's just about corpses who are lying in crypts. A lover might be any type of monster at all. A ghoul, a ghost, or a demonic doll. But if there's a spirit worth a second chance, we'll put it in our show, Recryptulous Romance. <laughs> a production of iHeartRadio. Daniel Ruda was born in 1976 in Western Germany, and he grew up feeling different than the other kids around him. According to this article by Joanne Fedeler on SerialKillerCalendar.com, Daniel saw himself as a superior being. He was detached and distant, didn't really play well with his peers, often flinching at physical contact from others. He spent his teenage years searching for his community, presumably trying out some various niche groups, different mm-hmm. social circles, you know. Sure. We I'm all guessing, we all go through yeah, that period, right? Absolutely. Exploration. Yeah, go check out the theater kids, right. see if you fit in with right. them. Right. Am I musical theater or more yeah. Dadaist? Right. Even in that circle, <laughs> you can really get down. Oh, yeah, those little <laughs> subcultures in there. Maybe he probably checked out the bronies. For sure, checked Maybe out the bronies. Maybe he wanted to be uh, my little pony stan. <laughs> <laughs> um He eventually found his people in the German Gothic community. Mm -hmm. Really took a shine to their brutal, dark, sadistic vibe. In the late 90s, after he entered his 20s, he decided he couldn't just be a grouchy sad boy in a trench coat anymore. (laughs) Right? It was time to grow up, you know? Make a difference in the world. Make an impact. Be the change you want to see. There you go, Daniel. So he got into politics. Okay. Yeah. And he started canvassing for Germany's National Democratic Party, aka the neo Nazis. Oh, no. Don't be that change oh, you want to see in the world. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you always have to ask more questions. Yes. Follow up questions. Very important. Follow your dreams. Not those dreams. No, 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 no. <laughs> be more specific about which dreams you're talking about. <laughs> So the NDP, uh, the National Democratic Party, had really dug into the goth scene. Uh, They kind of opened their arms to lost and confused kids and offering a home to those who felt displaced. I mean, this 
is by the book playbook yeah. kind of kind of stuff. This is a common tactic of the Nazis. Even in their early days, Hitler himself often connected Nazism to esoteric and occult movements. Right. Yeah, I think a lot of people know about Hitler's weird like occult obsessions. As immortalized in his uh, devious quest for both the Holy Grail exactly. and the Lost Ark. I mean, I mean, well, I saw those documentaries. Who, who could forget the events yes. of those documentaries? Terrifying. Um, in 1993, according to an article in The Guardian, Roland Bubik, one of the leading thinkers of the German far right, wrote an article in a magazine called Jung Freiheit, or Young Freedom. The article was called Culture as a Question of Power, and it basically said there's a huge untapped market through entertainment and pop culture that the far right needed to use to engage more youth. Sounds familiar. Sounds, sounds like something Facebook is now doing yeah. <laughs> for the culture, but... <laughs> Bubik, okay, we have to say Bubik has since renounced his affiliation with the far right. According to an update from The Guardian in 2015, he now claims a liberal, international, and multicultural position in politics. Now, the neo-Nazis moved in on several youth scenes, especially in the mid-90s. Uh, what hmm. were popular youth scenes in the mid-90s? Were the Nazis going after, like, boy bands? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm, I, guessing... I'm just thinking about, like, the Foot Clan in the 90s <laughs> when they had that, like, warehouse party. Yeah. And the kids were like, you got any smokes? Totally. <laughs> and he's like, regular a menthol. That's <laughs> basically what they were <laughs> That's doing. That's what they were like. Yes, goth kids, come to our cool warehouse party. Exactly. They found most of their success with goths in terms of all the all the many mm-hmm. subcultures they tried to influence german goths or gruftis which is the german word for crypt so the gruftis had been growing in east germany after the fall of communism young people had been searching for a new identity after having been raised with this very specific cultural identity and ideology but then the wall came down and right. you know they all kind of needed something new okay now Tons of goths existed then and surely now who were not involved with Nazism at all. Definitely. (laughs) We know some goths. They are very not Nazi-like at all. And then also we found interviews with goths in the the late 90s, early 2000s, who claim emphatically that most of the goths that they know who wore far-right imagery don't actually give a shit about politics at all. They're just being deliberately provocative. It reminded me of our episode about Sid Vicious and Nancy Spungen. Right. And the, the London punks in the 70s mm-hmm. who wore a lot of Nazi paraphernalia, Susie Sue even. Oh, yeah, uh, totally. Or Jordan, who kind of started that whole fashion movement mm-hmm. because they didn't know what the hell they were talking about. They just were like, wanted to shock people and, they, and it pissed people off, so they liked that. Yeah, totally. I mean, that was the whole point. Not cool, but in one particular German subculture in the mid-90s, the neo-Nazis were finding more success in their recruitments, and that was black metal goths. The mix of goths, Satanists, and Nazis, a lovely gumbo, (laughs) was just a cycle of acceptance for Daniel. Spending time with one group meant meeting more people in another. And he canvassed politically, and he was introduced to more goths. He went to clubs where other extremists practiced satanic rituals and drank each other's blood. Ew. They wore neo-Nazi armbands that helped solidify their identity. And these people finally felt like someone accepted them for who they wanted to be. Wow. I mean, you, you understand it, right? Like, people, you know, these are people who were constantly being told, 
you know, the way you dress sucks. I don't like you. You scare me. Get out of here. And then here's these Nazis waiting with open arms saying, no, come be. We accept you for who you are, you know, and it's just like that's true. You see the psychological tools that the Nazis are using Mm -hmm. in the Mm neo-Nazis in these situations. And like, you know, screw the people who fall for it. But because you're still joining the Nazis. <laughs> right. I mean, at some point, they kind of tell you what they're about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then you have the option to say, oh, wait, yeah, no, wait I'm sorry. Nazis? <laughs> I thought we all agreed they were bad. I thought we were all just drinking each other's blood, so yes. I, I'm going to go. <laughs> <laughs> I was fine with the blood drinking. But I don't like this white supremacist <laughs> shit. But while they were sucking at each other's necks, They were also sucking at politics. (laughs) (laughs) So the National Democratic Party failed miserably in that year's election. A lot of big promises had been made to all these kids, and Daniel and others were really disillusioned with politics after this. So he drifted away from the movement, tried to find another sense of home, and he joined a black metal band called Bloodsucking Freak. Which, I mean, for them, I just feel like that's... So normal, like that's not really right. an outrage because I mean, that'd be like calling me the, um, you know, a spaghetti eating guy. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, it's very, very straightforward and descriptive of who I am. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Yes, I suppose it only sounds weird to me, a non blood sucking freak. Right. <laughs> to them, they, they're always like, oh, the blood sucking freaks. Yes, no, that's a very standard no, band. Course, Excited course. to see them. <laughs> I guess they're going normcore. <laughs> <laughs> But even the blood-sucking freaks were not quite the outlet that he was looking for, okay? Daniel wanted more. He was still on the lookout for his perfect place. And if you're not getting enough from blood-sucking black metal and Nazis, (laughs) there's pretty much only one direction you can go. True. (laughs) So he found a particularly dark and destructive branch of Satanism. (laughs) And finally, he found somewhere that he could truly be himself. Ah, his wonderful self. Ah, exactly. But in the year 2000, at 23 years old, he decided he was still missing something. He wasn't complete. He needed to find love. So he grabbed a pen and wrote down his description for the perfect partner. He spent hours trying to come up with the perfect call for romance, something sweet and alluring without sounding too desperate or lonely. At last he had it, and he sent it into the classified section of Metal Hammer Magazine. (laughs) Metal Hammer! I mean, are most hammers metal? Right, yeah, that's a good <laughs> like, point. Do you need to say it? <laughs> Not like that soft wooden hammer magazine. Their biggest competitor is Rubber Mallet magazine. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. I want to read Rubber Mallet magazine. <laughs> I know, right? It's much more chill. They have yeah. an interview with Spaghetti Eating Guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Manuela Bartella was three years younger than Daniel. And she had grown up a stable and well-adjusted child until, according to SerialKillerCalendar.com, she became angry and violent around the age of 13. You're telling me a (laughs) 13-year-old girl's personality suddenly changed and she became unbearable? (laughs) I've never heard of such a thing in in my born days. 
it's just what happened, you know? It, <laughs> we, it could, could not be explained. <laughs> it's one of those phenomena, a, mysterious phenomena. A, the, a single teenage girl just suddenly <laughs> became a different person. Every other parent's like, oh, that? I would never describe my daughter. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you were never like that, right? Oh, of course. I was you were an, an angel, angel. From the day you were born until today. Yeah, every moment of yeah. every day. That's believable. Obviously. Yeah. So her parents sent her to a psychiatrist, but she was never given a specific diagnosis. Apparently, she was biting people randomly oh. on like just strangers on the street. <laughs> oh, my God. Can you imagine if you're just walking down the street and a kid just <laughs> like darted up to you and freaking bit you? I'd be like, is the zombie thing happening now with a 12-year-old? So when she was 14, she said that she had been visited by Satan himself. She started wearing her hair in outrageous styles and started dressing in provocative ways. Um, I, here's where I'm really wondering <laughs> about Satan, you know, taking time out of his busy schedule. I mean. To show up at a teenage girl's house and be like, Yes, little girl, shave your head on one side. <laughs> that will show them. <laughs> Have you ever tried wearing... Plaid. <laughs> Black is very forgiving. <laughs> oh, is he truly the prince know, of evil? I know, right? He's, oh, what a Telling devil. little girls to wear non-conventional clothing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't you have someone to torture right now? Right? Oh, wait, I guess it's me. <laughs> I really don't understand people's, like, pearl clutching about gothic looks that like mm -hmm. the devil made them wear pleather oh, right. like, what I'm is like, his master plan here <laughs> uh, he owns a lot of pleather interests yeah. and <laughs> these investments are really going nowhere <laughs> so I had to do something oh man well when Manuela turned 16 in the mid 90s she decided she'd had enough of being misunderstood and she decided that she was going to drop out of school and run away to London I mean, England, of course, famed for its lack of convention <laughs> and rules. <laughs> Incredibly loose culture. Yes, yes. Really, Very. nobody cares how you look or what you wear in London. <laughs> Just free in the wind kind of hippie shit going on. <laughs> <laughs> but, of course, lots of sub subcultures there. And she did soon find a job working at a gothic nightclub. And she started to gravitate towards the black metal scene, which included a lot of self-proclaimed vampires she went to bite parties where these vampires would get together and cut their arms and lick blood off of each other one assumes because satan asked them to i guess <laughs> is that Man, another the is that another satan trick yes taste blood <laughs> that'll that'll do something for me in the long run somehow <laughs> <laughs> Uh, step two, <laughs> step three, profit. Also, they didn't bite. They yeah. cut and well, then licked the blood. I that feels this. like a little bit of a cop out. <laughs> there, were, there was some biting. But I will say that I read that there were there was one very important rule in these bite parties. You could bite someone. You could draw blood, but you could not bite someone's jugular. That was That's an absolute no-no, because then, of course, you you've die. got a dead body on your hands, <laughs> and the whole club gets shut down. 
These bite parties stop happening. <laughs> yeah. Don't ruin it for everyone. Right. All right, Manuela. So she likes to bite. That's what we know about her. She's a biter. <laughs> she's been a lifelong biter. Yeah. She's a biter and a fighter. <laughs> a biter and a fighter. So, you know, I mean, all this blood licking wasn't enough for poor Manuela. No. She was still a lost girl without a place to call her own. Mm. She still hadn't found that special thing she was looking for. She traveled up to Scotland and started sleeping in graveyards. Like you do. Sure, You're yeah. just looking for your place. Yeah, <laughs> I've tried everything. <laughs> An episode about these two on occult crimes, which you can find on the Vimeo page, Crime Said Marley says that Manuela got a job at an inn on the Isle of Skye, which is a beautiful, magical island in northern Scotland, known for its jagged coastline and narrow coves. And there she met Tom Woolridge, the leopard man of Skye. At the time, he was in his early 60s, and he was the Guinness World Record holder for the most tattooed man and was covered completely in leopard spots. Side note, he said that he got all the leopard spots tattooed on him, not because he had any particular interest in leopards, but because he knew that it would be easy for various tattoo artists to just keep adding to. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's so practical. Yes. It was a very like <laughs> utilitarian choice. He's like, I'm, anytime I was in town and there was like any kind of discount, like a $50 tattoo day, I knew exactly <laughs> what I was getting. Yeah. Get four more spots. <laughs> So the leopard man had a small hut, isolated from the community, but he would travel to the village by kayak a few times a month for supplies. And it's said that he spent 5,500 pounds on his body modifications, which included all those tattoos, and dental surgery to replace four of his teeth with animal fangs. Ah. Which sounds very like inconvenient. For yeah, closing your mouth. Oh, he must and have had talking like, and other things. I just the number of times that I bite the inside exactly. of my teeth with my own regular teeth. <laughs> I just can't imagine. Not to mention, I just don't want an animal's tooth in my mouth. I don't care. No, Soak it in bleach. I still true. don't want it. Ooh, Sorry. I didn't even think about that. Oh. Hard pass. <laughs> I mean, Oof. you know, emergency situation. My face gets eaten by a monkey and they got to replace mm-hmm. my teeth with, mm-hmm. well, I guess monkey teeth. Then <laughs> They're like the monkey <laughs> ate your face. So now you, you get, get his, his teeth. teeth. It's an eye for an eye. <laughs> Literally for a, a tooth. tooth. <laughs> Thanks, monkey. 5,500 pounds, by the way. Um, if we can put it into the machine. Uh-huh. Is uh, roughly $12,000 in U.S. dollars today. So, you know, a regular visit to the dentist. <laughs> Fair. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> a normal amount to spend on your mouth. That's actually probably cheaper. Maybe he needed those four teeth replaced. I know, right? And it was, was cheaper like... to get animal fangs in Scotland than <laughs> it was to get an actual dental workup like, in America. Here's a porcelain crown. Here's a metal crown. It's cheaper, but it's more noticeable. And then we do have a third option if you want to see it. We just found a raccoon in the road. <laughs> oh, I'll take the raccoon. Thank you. So Manuela is obviously fascinated with this guy. She considered him a mentor. And journalist Alan Hall in the episode says that the leopard man sometimes lived in a cave and Manuela spent several nights in the cave with him. And he loved her interest in vampirism and her connection with Satan. And he told her more about Satanism, at least in his own his own version of Satanism, yeah. we should say. We should, because we'll take a quick fling with history here. 
1969, Anton LaVey wrote The Satanic Bible. And this is just going to be a real quick, crammed summary here from two very much non-experts yeah, on Satanism. <laughs> uh, my experience with Satanism is the very little research I did for this episode, and that's about <laughs> it. Well, and our friend Eddie Ray's comedic film, Satanic Panic. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very, very good film that we were both in. Hilarious. But Britannica says that LeVay didn't worship Satan as the embodiment of evil or even as an existing being. He taught that Satan, quote, was a symbol of humanistic values such as self-assertion, rebellion against unjust authority, vital existence, and undefiled wisdom. And historian and vampirologist Jacques Surgent says that this idea of Satan as a heroic and sympathetic figure goes back centuries due to him being sort of the ideal flawed character that people could relate to. And then on Serial Killer Calendar, they say that LaVey's ideology was never intended for things like ritual sacrifice. In fact, he actually demanded that people take responsibility for their own actions. But over the years, his teachings were distorted and manipulated by other people no. to their own personal gain. I know. What? I know. People took a religion and they manipulated its teachings for their own personal oh. and sometimes evil purposes. I know. I know. You that know, is isolated everyone. to Satanism alone, I guess, because <laughs> I have never heard of such a thing. I know everyone out there is shocked, <laughs> but it's true. So, you know, Satanism that we see today in people like Daniel and Manuela mm -hmm. is not really what Satanism is supposed to be. <laughs> but if you meet a Satanist in the world, there's a very good chance that they're a perfectly decent person exploring the world through their own lens without intending any harm to anyone, just like most people. Right. I mean, we have a friend who's a Satanist, and yeah. she's a lovely person. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and, you know, if you look up the Satanic Church, they actually do a lot of really cool things because they're very much about equality yeah. and all kinds. You know, they just don't have a lot of the same hang-ups that some other religions do due right. to the historic, you know, everything <laughs> <laughs> that every religion has. And they've been pushing very hard against uh, far-right mm -hmm. Fascism yeah. in recent years. I think they're really trying to get their uh, their image mm -hmm. out there and mm -hmm. cleaned up. Manuela told the leopard man that she had heard Satan's voice most of her life. He would send her messages. And she even had dreams that she committed suicide as a sacrifice to Satan. Mm. In 1998, after six months with the leopard man, she decided to return to Germany to see if maybe what she'd been looking for was at home all along. You know, sometimes it's right where you left it. But she took some real inspiration from the leopard man, and she had her top two canines removed and replaced with animal fangs. Do you think they use the, the braces wax? Oh, maybe. You know, just to keep from little... stabbing yourself constantly. You got little corks on the end of its fangs. <laughs> like pencil erasers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, she did the same thing he did. She got her animal fangs installed, and she wouldn't allow people to get close to her. She was very standoffish and distant, even to the Satanist friends she spent most of her time with back home in Germany. Yeah. But she was an outlier who'd been sucked into a dark crowd, and even to that crowd, she took things to the extreme. Pushing people away and still feeling lost and confused, she would drown her senses out in concerts and started thumbing through magazines like Metal Hammer <laughs> and Rubber Mallet. <laughs> And one day, oh no, she was too hard for rubber uh, yeah, mallet. She was like, I would never read that. <laughs> but one day, she found herself in the classified section. 
And there, she read an ad that sparked a dark light in her that she thought had gone out. The very delicately crafted, sentimental, beautiful piece of poetry written by Daniel Ruda, looking for the love of his life, which read, quote, Black-haired vampire seeks princess of darkness who hates everything and has bidden farewell to life. Oh, and she was overjoyed. She she surely just clung that magazine close to her heart and she spun around in a circle and little bluebirds flew in through the window and landed on her shoulder and chirped praises of love and joy or, you know, something like that. Probably the the evil version of that. <laughs> yeah, like, like buzzards came in and <laughs> lit the black flame candle. <laughs> So these two vampires had made contact, and they were about to meet. And when two vampires join their evil forces, what follows can only be a path of chaos, soaked in terror and blood, ending in ritualistic murder. And before we go down that path, let's hear some great commercials. <laughs> Way to cut the mood. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. 
All right, my little bloodsuckers, we are back to the show. So Manuela agreed to meet Daniel in a graveyard late at night. Totally normal choice for a blind date. <laughs> yeah, right. Obviously. Well, you want to be careful when you go out to meet someone. So alone in a graveyard at, at night, night is definitely the, the right move. Very safe, very smart. But of course, they immediately hit it off. They had both been lost people with fragile identities that had been sucked in by manipulative powers to very enticing and welcoming communities. Mm. They started having dates in cemeteries, like a lot. Like, like this was their thing. <laughs> Honey, what should we do today? Oh, well, I'd really love to go to that one graveyard by the river. The graveyard by the river. We always go to the graveyard by the river. Well, what graveyard do you Maybe want to Maybe we go could to? go to the graveyard by the schoolyard. Ooh, a schoolyard <laughs> graveyard. My goodness, how dark. <laughs> I would, of course, I would love to go to that graveyard. <laughs> I don't know why. There's a graveyard <laughs> right by the schoolyard. But, you know, it's the yard district. <laughs> There's a farmyard. <laughs> oh, yes, right next to the train yard. Yes. Where the children can't hear the lessons. Well, you know, there's a schoolyard. And then next to that, there's the train yard. So right. they have to have the graveyard. <gasps> it's kind of a pipeline. <laughs> oh, <God>. Sorry. <laughs> This is a Halloween episode. <laughs> it's scary. <Where> the f- <laughs> Look, we don't control where these stories go. They just happen. <laughs> <laughs> so that's exactly, that's a verbatim conversation that I'm sure they had. <laughs> Something very similar to that. So yeah, they were hanging out in cemeteries anyway. They loved it. They were all about it. And eventually, they moved in together to an apartment in Witten, Germany, and immediately started decorating the place with imitation skulls and satanic symbols and torture devices hanging on the walls, illuminated by cemetery lighting. You know, real Pier 1 stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Real crate and barrel catalog. In the center of the living room was a functional coffin where Manuela would sleep during the day. And they would go to butcher shops and purchase blood, which they would drink in their home. Ugh. And before long, they had graduated to sacrificing small animals. Ooh. And for vacations, they would return to England and Scotland, where they would sleep in graveyards. Which I I feel I want to call that the, the scare B and B. Oh no. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, they for vacations they're going to England and Scotland. They're they're sleeping in their scare B and B, and they meet up with like-minded folks and go to devil worshiping parties. So just real fun. Yeah, just a good time. Real nice they're, trip advisor like sort of. <laughs> I really would love to see their like travels. Their itinerary. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so at a Halloween party in the year two thousand. Manuela took part in a ritual where she pledged herself to Satan. And she vowed to take his word as law, signing a pact in her own blood. Wow, that really means something. Yeah, yeah. Satan, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, he's like, You sign this in blue ink? Get the hell out of here. (laughs) Null and void. This isn't notarized. (laughs) To sign in oh blood God. in front of a notary republic, you can use your local UPS. 
you know that Satan would make you go be notarized. Oh, yeah. And then make you like send four different copies. Do it again, yeah. Of like a 60-page document. <laughs> you wrote the date in O positive and you signed your name in AB negative. In the trash it goes. Try again. <laughs> Satan's a real bureaucrat. He's a real... I mean, I yeah. mean. <laughs> so... She signs this pact in her own blood, and this must have really gotten the romantic feelings flowing because after that ceremony, Daniel dropped down on a knee and proposed to Manuela. So romantic. It's beautiful, right? Now, Occult Crimes points out that marriage was actually kind of antithetical to a lot of their beliefs, but they saw it as a precursor to their eventual self-sacrifice in service to Satan. So they planned their marriage for June 6th, 6-6. And then they agreed to commit suicide together on July 6th, fulfilling the 6-6-6-7 that sometimes comes up in more like, I don't know, I found some convoluted takes on the number of the beast uh, through some Bible analytics. Where is there's it like actually... pi or something where it goes on a while? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, everyone no, else is the... 3.14, but if you're smart, you're like 3.14, whatever, whatever. <laughs> I didn't spend a lot of time on it, but, there, you know, like the seventh trumpet or something. There, oh, there's okay. a there's a seven somehow involved. But at any rate, it only makes sense in Europe oh, because true. we wouldn't write it 6667, <sighs> June 6th, July 6th. We would write 6676 oh, right. because it's July 6th. And that's why you say the month first Mm -hmm. and then the date. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Europeans. How do you know how Satan writes the date? Well, I mean, how do you know when the date is, is, you know what I mean? If you do something in a specific date for Satan in America, does it not count because you didn't do your month backward? I've got two ideas. One is that Satan probably does it like the Europeans do because it makes less sense and it's more confusing. Okay, right, but right, two, right. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Is that Satan probably just does it the opposite of however you did it. Right. So, or Satan's like, the date's whenever I say it is because Satan's done waiting. Well, that's probably true too. <laughs> but I imagine he's just like, you know, you do it one way and he's just going to say, oh, nope, it should have been the other way. Sorry. Yeah, that's true. So Daniel and Manuela were married, both wearing black leather for the ceremony. Naturally. Very chic. But afterwards, they started to get a little worried. They had pledged themselves to Satan and acted in ways that they thought he would like, but they hadn't really done anything for Satan. Oh, yeah. You know, Satan's a petty bitch. (laughs) You show up to his party without a gift, you're going to get the cold shoulder for a while. Uh Uh-huh. And he's like Snoop Dogg, like, everybody's got their cup, but they ain't chipped in. (laughs) (laughs) Satan's like, oh, you just... You just expect me to let you in the gates of hell without <laughs> without without bringing me something? But oh, I didn't realize I was running a scare B and B here. People just come and go as they please, and I'll just clean up after you. So yeah, this is obviously a big problem for them. So they decided to sit down and have a long, serious chat about their future together with Satan. And they both agreed that if they were going to get into club hell together, they had to commit. A human sacrifice. Oh. And they knew the perfect candidate. During the days, while Manuela slept in her coffin, Daniel worked a job as a clerk at a used auto parts store. So, so okay, wait a minute. They're both vampires. Yes. But only Manuela sleeps during the day. Right, she sleeps Daniel's in the coffin. While Daniel's at work. Daniel works a job. She doesn't work at night. Uh, I, I couldn't tell you for sure. I don't think so. 
Manuela figured it out. I'm just saying. <laughs> She's like, I'm going to sleep all day, party all night, suck blood all night. Well, <laughs> and Daniel can go to work and pay the bills. Hey, if that's your dream, then um, you should have told me that a long time ago. <laughs> well, I don't think I want to sleep in a coffin. I'd rather no, have like God, a nice canopy bed. <laughs> all right. So Daniel's working a job at a used auto parts store. And he had this colleague named Frank Hackert. Now, Frank was basically the polar opposite of Daniel. He was a funny and lighthearted guy who showed up every day with a smile and a dream. He was popular. He was entertaining. He loved the Beatles. I mean, sure, this Daniel guy was a little weird, but Frank liked to give people the benefit of the doubt. And he knew that they could be friends despite their differences. Mm Mm-hmm. Manuela had met Frank a few times as well, and together, they decided that Frank would be the perfect sacrifice, because their ritual would send him to hell, where he would be the perfect court jester for Satan. Wow. They considered choosing him to be a great honor for Frank, and they decided that they would kill him on July 7th, drink his blood and then receive the order from Satan to commit suicide together so that they could enter the gates of hell and take their place beside him. Damn, poor Frank. Yeah. The day before the ceremony, Friday, July 6th, Manuela sat down to write a letter to her mother. She wrote out, quote, I am not of this world. I must liberate my soul from the mortal flesh. And then she went on to announce her intended suicide. There was no mention of the planned sacrifice. She stamped the letter and placed it in the mail so that it would be received after the weekend on Monday. On the 7th, Daniel invited his work buddy Frank over for a dinner party. Frank was surprised by the invitation. He wasn't that used to being invited to parties at all, let alone one thrown by a goth couple. Mm. But he was an open-minded guy, and he didn't want to be rude, so he agreed to come along. He came by, he was invited in, and he was polite enough not to mention the fact that their apartment was literally and intentionally terrifying. I mean, don't forget their Pier 1, their Pier 666. (laughs) Skulls, blades, torture devices everywhere. Oh well, he probably thought, this is just how these folks like to live. Live and let live. Right. And Manuela passed around champagne, and Frank started to get more anxious when he saw the nervous glances she and Daniel kept sharing. Not to mention that no other party guests had arrived yet. Daniel made an excuse to leave the room for a few minutes while Manuela kept the conversation going. She put on a black metal record, and Frank politely nodded along to the music. Then, Daniel reemerged in a long black cape, holding a hammer. Frank barely had a moment to register before Daniel charged at him and hit him in the head with the hammer. It beat him several times. And Manuela started hearing a demonic voice in her head telling her she needed to stab Frank. She grabbed a knife and stabbed Frank 66 times, fueled by the belief that she was doing this in service of Satan. Afterwards, they threw open the lid to the coffin, got in together, and had sex while Frank's body lay dead on the floor beside them. When they finished that, 
they got back out and carved a pentagram into Frank's abdomen. Then, fulfilling their vampiric duties, they drank Frank's blood. Ugh. Terrible date. (laughs) This party sucks. This party sucks. Literally. Any moment now, they expected a flash of light, a portal to open, a visitation, some sort of sign from Satan that his bidding had been done and that he was pleased with them. And they waited and waited for the sign, but nothing came. Satan did not call you? (laughs) Minutes turned to hours, and they started to worry that they'd done something wrong. Oh, (laughs) That they'd fallen out of the devil's favor. So they came up with a plan to run, and they would visit other satanic pilgrimage sites in Germany. And then they came up with a list of more sacrificial victims that they could kill at each of these spots. So I guess Satan was like, You've done it. You've got a great start, but keep doing what you're doing. (laughs) I love what's happened. I love the energy. You know what I mean? Keep me posted. (laughs) Uh, we'll, we'll sync up on this later. You can ping me about it another time. <laughs> Synergy. Yeah. Synergy is what we're going Synergy. for here. Synergy. That does sound like Satan. That does sound like <laughs> I mean, for real. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this is a great plan, right? So they got in their car and headed east. And with that grisly, gruesome scene, we'll leave you for another chilling commercial break. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, Somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen.
Looking for a fabulous fashion brand that celebrates you? Then look no further than Boston Proper, where styles are designed with you in mind, so you can look and feel amazing, no matter the day, season, or occasion. At bostonproper.com, you'll find fashion that knows you best. For over 30 years, Boston Proper has been the fashion destination for confident women who want to elevate their look with unique, sophisticated clothing at affordable prices. Visit bostonproper.com today. Boston Proper. Wear it like no one else. Welcome back, my little devils. So Daniel and Manuela are on the run, distancing themselves from their crime, but also looking to kill again, (laughs) you know, to please Satan, before they kill themselves in his name. Right. So they still got that plan is still going forward as well. But on Monday, July 9th, Manuela's letter arrived at her mother's house. And obviously she read it and freaked out. Right. And she called the police in Vitten, worried that Manuela had already killed herself, as she said she would in the note. So the police went to her apartment. And, of course, they found Frank's body. So they didn't even bother trying to clean this up at all. Oh, no, they just left it. That's for Satan to clean up. (laughs) Yeah, the portal will open up and all the evidence will be gone. I mean, I think it, it... It's clear that they did not expect to be alive for much longer. No, yeah, yeah. They they really thought they were going to kill themselves at some point. Yeah. So, yeah, they found, you know, this brutally killed body. And they also found the names of 15 other potential victims, which sent them on a nationwide hunt for the two killers. Daniel and Manuela really didn't know what they were doing at this point. Mm -hmm. They're just kind of driving around East Germany hoping for a sign. You know, like maybe Manuela was waiting for Satan's voice to pop into her head and say, Okay, get get on the 17 and head south. And then you're going to take exit four. And then there's a church nearby. Go past that. Yeah. Churches suck. <laughs> and then there's a schoolyard and then a train yard. <laughs> I was going to say, like, and then you turn off the exit and there's going to be a Denny's right there. And I'll just be waiting for you. <laughs> Yes. You can always find Satan at the end (laughs) of your meal at Denny's. (laughs) He loves a grand slam. (laughs) They didn't make it very far. On July 12th, they were spotted and arrested in eastern Germany. And they surrendered willingly. Again, I Mm -hmm. think they really did not expect their lives to continue for much longer. So it's not like they were putting up a fight to Mm -hmm. live on here. They were brought in separately for questioning. And Daniel said... Murder? What murder? I do not know this murder of what you speak. I have no memory of a murder. No, that seems so strange to me. So then they go to question Manuela and asked her about the murder. And she said, oh, yeah, totally. Murder. I love doing that murder. We do it all the time. We First, we brought the guy over and we gave him some champagne and I put on a record. And then Daniel came in with a hammer and we hit him. And she just spills the gross beans. All over the interrogation room. She just tells him the whole story because she loved it. She loved the attention. She wanted to scare everybody. I mean, I think she really just wanted to be like, yeah, and I'd do it again, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. She was not afraid. And then Daniel told his lawyers that he wanted to be more famous than Charles Manson. Wow. Um, And they took that attitude with them to trial, which started in January of 2002. While in jail... Daniel filed his teeth to points to make them look more like a vampire's Ugh, things. God. Ugh. How is it that filing your teeth is like grossing me out more than anything else so far? <laughs> That's really heinous. I just. Because you can feel it. Yeah, I can feel it. Yeah, exactly. you can feel it right now. 
Ooh, that does not. Oh, yeah. That sounds terrible. I mean, I hate it. Like, I, I'm not even oh, going to say to the poor listeners out there. Just awful. Yeah. Uh, and this is this is while he's awaiting trial. He's like, I'm going to show up looking more like a vampire. That'll mm-hmm. that'll win him over. Right. Uh, <laughs> Again, not not his uh, not his end game here to win over the right. jury. <laughs> do you think his lawyer like came in the next day and was like, God damn it. <laughs> what the hell did you do? Who gave this guy a tooth file? He brought in like a nice suit or yeah, something. Right. He's yeah. like, so I brought your suit for God damn it. <laughs> Both Daniel and Manuela made sadistic poses and faces for the media cameras. They're flicking the press off in most photos. Mm -hmm. They actually threatened the jury multiple times. Wow. And they both stared down Frank's family. And they flicked their tongues at him and made the sign of the devil towards them. So rude. That's so, just rubbing salt in the wound. That is so cold, yeah. And Manuela requested that the courtroom windows be blackened out because the sunlight burns my eyes. Wow. <laughs> and the judge said no, obviously. <laughs> like, we're going to blacken out the whole courtroom like, you for you. dumbass. But he did allow her to wear sunglasses for the duration of the trial. I feel like that was literally just to, like, not give her one more thing to be a jerk about, you know? Right. Yeah. Maybe he was like, you're going to take up too much time complaining about this. So yeah. Sure. Put on some sunglasses. Yep. And also, it's not like they had to be worried about her like bluffing or something. Yeah, right. <laughs> they were like, you're giving it all to us real easy. So sure. Put it on your shade. Uh-huh. And they insisted in their testimony that they had done nothing wrong at all. Sure. Daniel said they couldn't be held responsible because they were just acting on Satan's orders. He said, quote, If I kill a person with my car and half his bloody head is left on my bumper, it is not the car that goes to jail. It is the driver who is evil. I have nothing to repent because I did nothing. How many? uh, Hey, the count is back. Count how many (laughs) holes are in this argument. Uh, uh, uh. (laughs) 52. Uh, uh. Uh, uh, I mean, come on. So... Yeah, but we're not talking about a person driving a car. You are not a car, dude. I mean, yeah. Yeah, sure, you blame the driver, not the car. But if one person asks another person to go kill someone Mm -hmm. and person B does kill that person, you're both in trouble. (laughs) I mean, right. And it's like, also, Daniel, yeah, that's why the hammers are not on trial. Yeah, right. You're on trial. Thank you. Good night, sir. (laughs) Maybe you should be a lawyer. That's pretty good. (laughs) Yeah. Why did anyone say that? (laughs) Now, psychiatric experts were brought in to analyze them. Obviously, that makes sense to do. (laughs) And they told the court that Daniel and Manuela were suffering from, quote, severe narcissistic personality disturbances. That sounds right. The defense rejected calls for life sentences because if the couple was mentally ill, they could not be held wholly responsible for their actions. They said that Daniel and Manuela were not the monsters that the media was depicting them as. Now, the prosecutor called it, quote, a picture of cruelty and depravity such as I have never, ever seen. And I feel that quote. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, the judge declared them as not insane and fit enough to stand trial, but that their psychiatric disorders were enough to clear them from life sentences, according to the Tumblr blog Crime and Killers. He said, quote, this case was not about Satanism but about a crime committed by two people with severe disorders. Nothing mystical or cult-like happened here, just simple 
base murder. But he also said that so much fan mail had come in in favor of the Rudas during the trial that he was concerned for the, quote, limitless stupidity of many members of the public. Like you and me both, Judge. That's the realest shit I've heard. Uh I think that really explains his quote, too, saying, like, this isn't about Satanism. Nothing mystical happened here. He's telling the public, like, Uh, don't y'all start thinking that Satan was involved here. Don't get excited Mm -hmm. and start committing your own sacrifices. This is just two people who murdered someone. Yes. And that end of story. And they're not well. And we're fixing them. So they were both sentenced to a secure psychiatric hospital. Manuela for 13 years, Daniel was given 15. But the judge did note that they might never be released if they were deemed potential threats. Mm. As their sentence was read, Manuela just sat chewing gum while Daniel stared down Frank's mother. (laughs) Frank's father, Herman, had initially thought that he wouldn't attend the trial, but later he said he was glad he did because, after looking them in the eye, quote, Now I understand that they are bad people, but people, not devils, and absolutely unsound of mind. Before being led away, Daniel and Manuela shared a passionate kiss in front of the cameras. But that would be the last time they would see each other. Shortly after they were sent to separate facilities, Manuela divorced Daniel. Frank's dad is a lot nicer than I would be, is all I got to say. I mean, you know, it's real tough. You can't know how you would behave in these situations or what you would feel, it's right? Very true. I mean, until it happens, and hopefully it never does. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, what a, what a, what a situation to have to be in. I mean, it's not like a super big compliment that he was saying they were unsound of mind, but they were real people. But it's still kind of gracious. I mean, especially in the face of their behavior being so, like, in your face, like, fuck you, really trying to kind of get a rise out of them the whole time they were in court, and just kind of impressed by that, I guess. Yeah, but I I, I almost wonder if that almost solidified it for them, because Mm -hmm. you almost, and again, speculation station, I have no idea how they felt and can't really even begin to imagine it. Right. But you wonder if they're just like, huh, you know what? It's like they got hit. It's like this. It's like he got hit by an asteroid. Like this was just a a, a chaotic force of nature that just came through. Mm. He was there, and this thing came through that was just gonna slaughter anything that it came past. I, I don't know if that makes sense, but who knows right. what the mindset is there? But that's what it sounds like to me in that quote. I could see that. So thirteen years later, in twenty fifteen. Manuela was released from the psychiatric facility. Conditionally, she is required to continue her treatments. Then, in 2016, something unexpected happened. Daniel had been petitioning to be set free. He had been working as a librarian in a prison while receiving his treatment. But a woman contacted the police, saying that Daniel had called her for help finding a job after he got out. And she said he was furious that Manuela had not only divorced him, but had been released before he was. And he wanted this woman to kill Manuela and said he would pay her to do so. Jeez. And Daniel's lawyers argued that this was nonsense because there was no contract, no evidence, pretty weak motive for Daniel. Yeah. But if he was convicted for, you know, trying to set this scheme up... Mm -hmm. He could face another seven years 
And Daniel's mother was visiting him regularly, and she told the press that her only wish was to see her son free before she died. She's 75. Mm. She said, quote, he wants to rejoin society, find a wife, settle down, have a family. Thor face. Desi, though. <laughs> well, I mean, can you imagine, like, you know, so tell me about yourself. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or imagine the, the Tinder, imagine the twi- the viral Twitter thread of someone being like, guys, you would not believe I went on my first date with this Tinder guy. He wanted me to meet him alone in a graveyard at night. Well, Daniel's mother said the decision to free him was long overdue, but Frank's parents were not so sympathetic. Mm. And they said his release would be a nightmare, which is very understandable. But Daniel was cleared of the charges of attempted murder against Manuela And in September of 2017, Daniel was released. Now, Manuela had been given a new identity, and she kept no connection to Daniel. But to this day, the locations of both vampires is currently unknown. They could be your neighbor. They could be right behind you right now. Ah! Probably not, but... Doubtful. You know? They're probably in Germany. (laughs) uh, A a lot of the articles at the time were saying that Daniel was probably going to go back to the UK. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe Speculation Station, maybe that's where Manuela went too. Maybe Mm. she went back to the Isle of Skye. Oh, true. Uh, The The Leopard Man. Man. The Leopard Man died in 2016. Oh, okay. But... uh, so she was like, there's a real niche she to fill. She went to take up his mantle, Island yeah. Isle of Skye. <laughs> She's got to go live in that cave. I don't know. I, I mean, that's as much as we know of this story. But that's a little, little scary. <laughs> I feel like we should keep tabs on them. It is, but it also, like, I, going through this story, I was like, man, they, they sure do think of criminal justice differently over, do, over mm-hmm. there than we do here. That's true. Because we have a very, like, vengeance-minded, like, you did something and you'll never... Your punishment will never end. Mm. I, I would never be happy with you being free after this horrible thing you did. And what they did was gruesomely horrible, mm-hmm. right? I mean, in so many ways, oh, yeah. it's terrifying. Just awful. It's, you know, you could say that the end result is the same as any other murder, but there really is something extra to it, just knowing that that kind of sadism can exist. Mm-hmm. But then you've got this country, which apparently, and I don't know a lot about the German criminal justice system, but apparently if you're mentally unsound mm-hmm. and you murder someone, they send you to a psychiatric hospital for 15 years and then they say, are you better? Okay, well, here, try again. Uh, I kind of find that admirable. <laughs> I feel that. We don't we don't make it easy to try again very yeah. much in this country, that's for sure. I mean, I, I'd be nervous about them being out in the world right now Mm-hmm. except that I'm like, well, if that's Germany's policy and they're not constantly having stories about like, ah, oh, this murderer we let go murdered again, <laughs> you know, then maybe it works. I, I, Again, I don't know. I can only, you know, sit mm-hmm. my ass down at Speculation Station <laughs> and think about what the German justice right. is like and how their um, rehabilitation works and right. its efficacies. I know that ours is not very good. <laughs> no, yeah, we're we, everyone knows that. <laughs> but I, I, and I certainly would not begrudge anyone saying, 
I'm not okay with these two people being out in the world because oh, yeah. they are I'm not. <laughs> Satanist vampires with a Nazi background. Right. Come on. <laughs> right. That in and of itself mm-hmm. is like I I'm worried about you being in the world. Yeah. Add a add an actual horrendous murder to it. Right. Blood drinking murder. Ugh. But it's like the real like it's a good story of like what people are really thinking of when they say you fell in with the wrong people. Right. It's sort of like you're you're not you don't just fall like trip and fall into the <laughs> wrong people. You know, yeah. you you often go looking and find the wrong people. Yeah. Um because you're in a bad place in your life maybe or you just have like a bad outlook or whatever reason whatever the wrongness is feels right. And the more you're with them, the more normalized all this yeah. sort of extreme behavior becomes because you're with that type of person. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it, you just get more and more like in this weird rabbit hole. Yeah. And, you know, and sometimes, especially in this particular instance, maybe you don't really see what's right or wrong right, the same right. way as maybe they do now when they had 15 years with not Satanists, you know what I mean? Right, and right, not right. goth people who are having bite parties and shit. Like they're just <laughs> hanging out with normal, I mean more, I guess not normal, but more regular people and kind of going, oh, that's actually a little dark. And to that point, uh, also the wrong people are often very coercive sure. as we've seen with the Nazis, the neo-Nazis. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are very welcoming oh, yeah. to anyone. They, they won't judge you for your bad behavior. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as we've seen, I think a lot lately, the right people, good, normal, you know, uh, uh, moral, empathetic people are a little more exclusionary and are a little less welcoming. And it, they, there's there's sometimes more of a litmus test there uh, to be accepted into the good people crowd. And the, the bad people are more than willing to say, oh, well, you're not good enough for them. Come on over here. We'll teach you how to have fun. That's true. And we'll good, accept you. And good people as much as, you know, quote unquote, wish, wish good know, people yeah. as much as bad people can impose, you know, a lot of authority upon your right. behaviors and right. the uniform that you must wear yep. and things you cannot deviate from in order to be able to identify yourself as a good person who's in the circle. So it's kind of all the same shit. Yeah. Obviously, I prefer to hang out with those who are not. Brutally killing a nice guy. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. But uh but must be said. I guess it must. I don't I guess. Yeah. Well, well I we said, said it. it. <laughs> <laughs> also wanted to add that this guy, Jacques Sergent, we mentioned earlier, who's a vampirologist, and I don't know what kind of degree <laughs> that comes with. I uh, I imagine that he's an historian who knows a lot about vampire lore and stuff. That's sure, a totally yeah, legitimate fo- study. Yeah, focuses specifically on yeah. those types of study. It, yeah. I mean, stories I don't think he, like, made stuff. up his profession. He probably is very well-learned in vampire history. Yeah. But he says that vampires and Satanism do not make sense together. He says that since vampires are creatures without a soul, they inherently cannot pledge themselves to Satan. They don't have anything to offer him, right? Oh, duh. They, he says vampires have a heart and they can love, oh. um, but they have no place in heaven nor hell. So that's why vampires are doomed to walk the earth. So the link mm. between vampires and Satanism, he says, is very much an invention of modern cinema, especially. And also, he says, sure. fringe fantasy literature sometimes. But... In terms of the actual, like, legitimate mythology of uh, religious history of Satan 
and the long lore of vampires, Satan has no interest in them because mm-hmm. they don't have souls. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So in terms of being like... I wish someone had told Daniel and Manuela. <laughs> well, again, they got a very skewed version of True. the cultures they signed up with. <laughs> got the leopard man's version. Yeah. So I hope this set the mood for your this was, week moving into Halloween. This was a crazy one, yeah. I have to say. Yeah. This one was definitely... It's not not ghosts Whew. and goblins, but it's uh, a very real. It's more like a it's more like a slasher movie horror. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a vampire twist. But honestly, would kind of love to make like a really tropey Hallmark rom com movie uh, with their beats because oh, that no. would just like a horror. You know, obviously, yeah. but like it would just be kind of funny to try to approach it like a romantic uh-huh. comedy. And because there's so many of the beats are like, oh, she found the perfect ad and. You know, they met up together and their perfect first date in the graveyard and everything was going great. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Do you know what that makes me think of? Hmm. Is that movie The Voices with Ryan Reynolds? Yes. Where oh it's my like God. he's a serial killer, but we're seeing his perspective and he just thinks everything is sunshine and rainbows. It's good, too. It was that movie's very creepy. weird. Also, Anna Kendrick is in it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a creepy one if you want something real creepy for your... Yeah, Halloween add it to your season. Halloween list. Why not? Yeah. Uh, so thanks for tuning in. This was a, a chilling one for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have a hard time sleeping knowing these vampire murderers are still out there. I know. Um, hopefully fully reformed and contributing to society. <laughs> <laughs> right. Which is scary enough in its own way. <laughs> True. There's so many things it could be doing that I'd be like, ah! now, now they're just capitalist cogs in the machine. No! <laughs> So please tell us what you thought of this. Really, again, just I can't overemphasize how gruesome and grisly this story is. So let's hear it. Send us an email. Yeah. Romance at iHeartMedia.com. Right. Or you can reach out on social media, Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Boom, And I'm at Oh Great. It's Eli. Um, And then, yeah. And the show is at Redick Romance. That's right. Uh, you know, throw us a review on Apple Podcasts. We love those. Yeah. Find us on YouTube, the Ridiculous Romance YouTube channel, where we're going to be slowly uploading episodes. We've got a backlog, but we're getting them in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, the automated captions are there for you to read along with that episode if that's something that suits you better. But yeah, we always love to hear from you. It is always such a joy to get a comment or a question or an email. So yes, please do reach out and don't forget to tell everyone you know to listen to the show. That's right. Yeah. Have a spooky weekend and we will be back on Wednesday. Bye-bye. <laughs> so long, friends, it's time to leave. But we'll rise again on Hallow's Eve. Put your friends in a vampiric trance and play for them our show with cryptilous romance. <laughs>
What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL Schedule Release, presented by Verizon, coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Looking for a fabulous fashion brand that celebrates you? Then look no further than Boston Proper, where styles are designed with you in mind. So you can look and feel amazing, no matter the day, season, or occasion. At bostonproper.com, you'll find fashion that knows you best. For over 30 years, Boston Proper has been the fashion destination for confident women who want to elevate their look with unique, sophisticated clothing at affordable prices. Visit bostonproper.com today. Boston Proper. Wear it like no one else.